Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zena Shea. I am a coach, a conduit, and a catalyst who launches humanity into greatness by accelerating mindset changes and replacing limitations with possibilities. So today we're going to be talking about clarity, which I think is a huge topic in so many arenas of life. And I happen to have my best friend with me, Mr. Ronald Mason. So <laughs> say hi to the people. How you guys doing? So I have known him for a long time, like almost, what, seven years now? Something yeah, like that. about that. And we have had our ups and downs. And some of it has been because of a lack of clarity, some of which was my fault, you know? Um, so we're going to kind of start off in one place talking about clarity and then kind of just run the gamut with issues that we think exist, resources that have helped us improve our clarity, problems that we've seen when there's no clarity, and also talking about my book, Plenty of Guppies, because there's definitely some clarity issues that come up in dating, especially online dating and relationships, all that kind of stuff. So um, first off, I guess we should start off with a definition. You know, you pick clarity. Let me start there. You pick clarity. I told you what my topics were that were coming up. All right, all right. So why did you pick clarity? What made you pick clarity? Um, I pick clarity because it's such a, a, a vast word. Um, it can go on every aspect of your life. It can go from life choices to um, friendships, relationships, work. And, um, clarity is every everything in everyday life. So I just chose that, you know, we can speak on it in a, in a few places uh as far as, you know, life and, and relationships. So, you know, I, I, that's why I chose it. I, I agree with you. It's a it's a huge topic and it's so important. You know, one of the first things I, I thought about was when it comes to the top reasons for divorce. It's sex, communication, and money. And in all of those, clarity can be a problem. You know, so even though there are three different topics, clarity or a lack of clarity could be the problem, the underlying, the foundational problem in all three of those areas. So I think it's just critical that people work on being clear and, and you know, improve their clarity. Um, and so I guess we should define it. What, what does clarity mean to you? I mean, clarity is something that you can expect to see things clearly. Um, and the, the thing can go the same in relationships. You know, when they say divorce rates, it's true. You know, communication, you know, sex, money. But what they don't ever tell you is that without clarity in the very beginning of the relationship, then you're doomed from the beginning. Because if you don't have a clear picture of what that person wants and, and what they expect that you want, then you already condemned it because it's always good with the, you know, sunshine, unicorns and rainbows, you know, and oh, it's so beautiful in the beginning. But when you hit that first milestone, you know, of, oh, that's not what I was expecting. It's because that's not what you talked about. You know, different uh, motivations that a person goes through are different triggers that a person goes through, uh, things that they like and things that they don't like. If you don't sit down and tell somebody, these are my pet peeves. This is what I like. And this is what I don't like. In the very beginning of a relationship, they're not going to read your mind and know. Because what works with one person in their relationship, with the person they was with before, 
may not be the likes or dislikes that you like in your relationship. So you just got to make things clear in the very beginning. I agree with you. And I also think to me, clarity is partially about being specific because I'm an English teacher and some of the first lessons that I teach my kids is be specific. Because if you say, oh, he's a nice person. Well, what does that mean? He's a good man. What does that mean? I'm looking for a good woman. What does that mean? You know, to one person, a good woman might be she's loyal. She's, you know, she's honest. She's sweet. To another person, it might be she's independent and, you know, she can take care of herself. I mean, those are two very different definitions. So being specific, um, I think, leads to clarity. And, you know, when you're talking about expectations, being specific, roles, being specific, you know, pet peeves, as you said, likes and dislikes, being specific, and then coming back and revisiting things because things can change. You know, one of, I heard a relationship coach and he said he felt that every relationship needed to have a date night and they needed to have a meeting night. And he felt like at the least they needed to do it like every two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, they shouldn't go a month without these things because the date night was going to keep them connected, keep them intimate, keep, you know, the, the chemistry going, get them away from the everyday, get them to relax and enjoy each other. Remember why they were together. But the meeting night was going to be when they could literally set aside time to talk about issues, mm -hmm. clarify things that were going on in a relationship, check in with, you, with each other. Like, how you doing? Mm -hmm. What's on your mind? We haven't had a chance to sit down. You know, what, what, just talk to me. How are you doing? You know, how are we doing? <laughs> right. You know, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that was really, really good. Cause sometimes people, they let things go on for so long and they don't sit down and talk. And then by the time they talk, it's so much, it's like, they don't even know where to start. Cause they haven't been, they haven't been monitoring and keeping the communication lines open. And there's so much confusion, which is the opposite of clarity. There's so much confusion that it's hard to wade through. And there might even be some resentment by that time or some disappointment or some hurt, things that have built up over time. And they got a lot to wade through, you mm -hmm. know? So if they had that regimen or that routine of, you know, having sex regularly, having a date night regularly, having uh, a meeting night regularly, they could kind of keep those lines of communication kind of flowing and open, right. you know? So, um, we did get into relationships. We're going to come back to relationships, but I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things going on in the business world and economics and politics and clarity is really important in that area. I feel like sometimes employees feel like they're not being heard okay. and that employers are not being clear about what they want or even being clear about how to go about certain things. A lot of people get thrown into jobs and they have no training for, you know, and there's a lack of clarity. The boss is saying, Hey, go do your job. And you're like, what exactly is my job? You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Right. So, so what, what's your thoughts on like in the workplace where clarity is an issue or things that you think people could do to kind of improve that, uh, in the workplace? Well, in that, in that instance, you got to understand this. If you don't ask questions, you're never going to learn. 
And if you don't ask questions, then that employer is not able to answer that question. So if you want clarity about your position, if they say, hey, go to work, is you know, sometimes we get scared to approach the job, you know, the boss and go, hey, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, you know, then they're going to look at you as incompetent. But if you're in a new position, a new role, and they know that this is a new role, then what you should do is say, hey, um, you know, clarify to me what is my role? What, what am I? What, I'm, what do I need to do? What are my, my limits? And, you know, what would you expect of me? And have them explain it to you. Then you can go in with a full knowledge of how you had to handle your job. But if you don't have that clarity, then you're going to, you're in the blind. And if you make mistakes, instead of you, and you say you asking them, okay, how do I do this? You said they're making mistakes. They're going to fire you only on your merits. They're not going to fire you of, you know, you asking questions, but they're going to fire you because they're thinking that you know this job. You're not asking questions. They feel that you're already trained, but you're just lazy and not doing it. Then it looks like, you know, there's no clarity on both both sides. So right. it's, it's important to, to make that clear. Right. Okay. I agree with that. Um, and, and going back to education, you know, there's a lot of transparency to me now, a lot more transparency, you know, some, some buildings have cameras in the classroom, some kids filming the teachers and, um, (laughs) but then there's also seeming to be a lot of confusion. A lot of people are leaving education. A lot of people are not understanding like with online learning, like what in the world is this platform doing? How do I deal with it? you know, how do I handle all these multiple platforms? You know, um, I think that there's, I think that the last two years in education has been a search (laughs) for clarity Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of confusion about, you know, what kids are learning. Is school still important? Is college Mm -hmm. still important? Um, What should I do? in education? Uh, should we change the way we teach? Are we teaching people outdated things? And I think that there's a lack of clarity in a lot of ways. You know, I know you have kids in the school system as a parent. What do you feel like parents are are thinking when it comes to schools? Like where, where's like the confusion for parents, you know? Well, as a parent, it's funny because when these kids that go to school today, they have no sense of, of um, discipline. You know, when they when they go to school, the parents are like, okay, you at school, go. Okay, you out of my hair. You know, so do whatever you're gonna do at school. When you come in my house, you know, you gonna act this way. Parents need to be accountable all the way around when it comes to a child at home, and be more involved in their schoolwork. You know, it, it's easy for a parent to blame a, a, a teacher or a school for their child's behavior. But they, but if their child's acting like that at home, then they're taking it to school. Teachers are hand-tied because you can't really do nothing about it. And so that's where clarity comes in because clarity comes with understanding. And parents have to understand that you have to be more involved in your kids' school. You just can't send them off to school and say, okay, I don't have nothing to do with school. Um, if they got a bad report card, then all the teachers ain't teaching them. Uh, No, it goes from, if you sit down with the teacher and say, hey, what does my child need? You know, what do you need from me when it comes to my child? Because when it comes to my kids, when they go to school, they already know I'm big on education. 
you go to school and you act a fool, you got to deal with me when you come home, you know? So they already know the, the consequences of their actions, you know, and most kids don't get that. Um, when I was growing up, it was so different. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was so different. You got the fool at school, you got in trouble at school. You went home, you got in trouble at home. Um, nowadays with these young, you know, uh, mothers and fathers, you can't send them to their kids. You know, you can't tell their kids nothing because they're gonna be in, they're gonna be in your face telling you, hey, why you talk to my kid like that? You you ain't their mama, you ain't their daddy, you you know, and it, it all goes back to when I was a kid. They said it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. you know. And if everybody is doing their part on how this child should behave and act, then it makes that much easier to to, to teach that child. But when parents fail that system, then teachers got teachers just sitting back. Now I'm not a teacher, so I don't know how that works. But looking at these kids going to school, and all and the teachers that I know, you know, they're like, oh my god, these kids say, you know, they say that, and 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 I don't know what to do, and you know, I want to quit, and I want to do this because they can just do anything they want to, and we have no control over it, and then. The school board is not giving us any tools or helping us or, or any consequences that's coming from these students. And to me, I mean, I hate to say this, you know, but it's like, um, it, it, it's kind of like money talks, you know, more students in the school, more money that school gets. Do they want to discipline a child and kick them out of school? No, they don't. They just want the teachers to suffer. So kids can run wild and rampant. They ain't going. They ain't going to switch you to another school because that's money out of their pocket, and that's just is just politics. It's life, you know. And and when that happens, um, teachers are fed up, and that's why they're scrounging for teachers. They're they're even giving programs for if you go to school to become a teacher, you know, we won't charge you. You know, saying for going to school, right. we'll pay for you to go to school to be a teacher. You know? <coughs> Excuse me. And then you got these teachers now that's like, well, wait, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, why don't you pay me back the money that I had to go, <laughs> go through? You know, um, because you know these, these kids acting a fool, and and you need to pay me my money back for for teaching these you know these crazy kids. But you know, I, I think for clarity, you know, sake, it has to be understanding. It has to be where the school board needs to to make things more clear to the to the parents of, of actions that can you know take place towards the child fines. You know, uh, find find the um, parents. I bet you they get it together then. You know, um, you know, do things like that because without that clarity, that understanding of what students and teachers represent to each other, mm-hmm. you know, then school system is going to be lost. Well, I am a teacher, and I have another <laughs> teacher here with my with my cameraman. So I'm a, I'm gonna ask him to chime in if he wants to chime in. Um. Speaking as a teacher who's been teaching 28 years and is about to retire, this will be my last year in education. Um, clarity, whoo, Lord. Um, sometimes teachers walk into the first day of school, the first week of school, and we get three things thrown at us. We get a whole new curriculum we haven't seen before. We get programs we don't even know anything about. We get uh, our schedule changes three times in three days, you know, and, and there's a lack of clarity about what are we using? Why are we using it? Why this program? Uh, 
what happened to the last program that we actually did learn last year that we only had one year and now you're throwing something new at us and we don't even know what it is. So, you know, um, I think that in education, sometimes in some districts, it's let's throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. And this program was too expensive. So let's find the cheapest thing or the easiest thing or the fastest thing we can get into. Um, and, and there's just, to me, there's too much turnover with programs, with curriculums. It leads to a lack of clarity for everybody. People are spending so much time learning the program that it's hard to teach the material in the program. Um, and that goes for computer programs as well as books, you know, cause if you don't, you know, know the stories in the book or you don't even know, I mean, we have teachers learning the new math, you know what I mean? Or, and, and parents <laughs> don't understand it. And the kids are like, what, you know, so it's, it's a lot of changes. Some are for, some are improvements and some are just because people have a suspicion of things from the past and they think that anything new must be better. And that's not always the case. Sometimes the the old way was good and it was very adequate. And sometimes the new way is just confusing. You know, it's not better. It's just new. So uh, did you want to add anything to this discussion about clarity in the classroom and <laughs> in education or in the workplace? Something that Ron said about it being a money grab mm-hmm. that, you know, they're scared to cut certain students from programs and schools because those students represent how much money that come that comes to the school for their budget. So a lot of times teachers are stuck with bad behavior issues and not able to clearly get the subject across to the kids that really want to learn. Sometimes we're more chaperones than we are facilitators of knowledge. Sometimes, you know, it's just, it's really difficult. What he said about it being a money grab is very true. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure on teachers to pass kids that don't necessarily deserve to pass too. And and to me, there's a lack of clarity on what is education really for? Mm-hmm. If I'm really supposed to be educating a kid and they didn't learn the material, then they need to stay for tutoring or they need to come to summer school and they need to do some extra work. But if you're pushing me and I got to jump through all these hoops to prove I did my job and how many times did I call a parent and how many times did I offer them tutorials? How many times did I make them stay? Well, I can't make them stay. I can't stand in front of the door and say, you can't go home. You know what I mean? All I can do is offer it to them, you know? So, um, I can't run to their house or drive to their house and say, get in my car. I'm taking you to school for Saturday school. I can't do that. You know? So, um, you know, there's limitations. We can offer things, you know, it's, it's that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make mm-hmm. them drink. You know, I used to say, it seemed like the, the district sometimes wanted us to hold the kids heads under the water till they were forced <laughs> to open their mouth and drink, even though they would be dying, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, they want to act like we have control that we don't have. And they want to act like kids don't have options. And they do. Kids can choose to get a GED. Kids can choose to go to an online program. They don't have to come to a brick and mortar school. Kids can choose to even sometimes test out of programs. You know what I mean? There's other options besides the way things are being done now. Um, and, And I think some of the administrators and school boards, they don't have a sense of clarity about the fact that there are options and we can 
accommodate some of those children who want to go these alternate routes instead of playing the money game and Mm -hmm. let's keep them here, even though they don't want to be here. Well, maybe let's find a better program for them if they don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. Let's find something that works for that child, you know, but it's not about that child all the time. Sometimes it's about the school Mm -hmm. or the budget. And that's really sad. And that's why a lot of people, are leaving education because they don't want to be part of the politics. That's not what they signed up to do. They signed up to teach kids. And now it's in some places turning into other things. Um, but I don't want to spend all day on that. Cause <laughs> of course you being my best friend, you know, and knowing me for a long time, you knew me before I had laughs and lyrics, which wow. this is the four year anniversary of that coming up. Wow. You knew me before the podcast started, wow. which this is the two year anniversary coming up. You knew me before I wrote any of these books. Wow. And in fact, you have the unique perspective of knowing me and knowing one of the main characters in the book, Gatsby, <laughs> which if yeah. any of you are watching and you've read the book or read part of the book, you know, you know that Gatsby and I have this on again, off again relationship or situationship, whatever you want to call it. Um, And one of the things that you said you wanted to do was to bring some clarity to uh, Gatsby's situation and, and possibly even give a defense of Gatsby. Um, And so for, for the people who haven't read the book, you're going to have to read the book because you're going to (laughs) hear my best friend talk about where he thinks that, you know, there might've been some clarity needed for the book because he's man, Gatsby's man, I'm a woman. And of course, let's, let's start here before we get to the book. Okay. Okay. Um, there's sometimes I believe is confusion when men and women communicate you and I have talked about this many times you say women are emotional and men are logical Mm -hmm. and I say I don't think I'm that emotional except in certain interactions with certain people like with Gatsby yes I have been very emotional and I will say to anybody on this planet that I cannot explain and I have a lack of clarity myself about <laughs> why Gatsby gets under my skin the way he does. Cause anybody else, I'm Zen. Okay. That's been my nickname for 25 years. I am so unflappable. I am so calm. I don't raise my voice. I have cussed out two people in my life. Gatsby was one of them. Okay. Um, so why does this man get under my skin? I don't have an answer for that. You know, I don't have an answer for that. I, I I pose some of my theories in the book. But sometimes there's a lack of clarity because the person doesn't have clarity. The person doesn't even know why they're acting the way they're acting because their buttons are being pushed and they don't expect these buttons to be pushed because nobody's ever pushed these buttons before. And so why do you think that men and women seem to sometimes have a lack of clarity? I've got, I told my cameraman, I get in trouble sometimes on my page. I post videos and we've talked about it. I post videos and men are like, Oh, you're bashing men. Oh, you hate men. And I'm like, Oh shoot. I love men. My best friends are men, you know, but I don't like ignorance. I don't like foolishness. I don't like unfairness. Those things I don't like. Um, so, 
my question to you is why do you feel that there is a lack of clarity between men and women in relationships or even in just communication? Uh, we can start there and then we can go into the book. Well, to me, the clarity begins with not understanding the person that you're with, you know, and when you don't understand the person that you're with, then the communication is is all screwed up. And that happens when you don't make things very clear. Like, okay, let's say like between you and Gatsby, things weren't clear between you and him because listening to you talk, you know, about him or whatever was like, you didn't want to be with him, but you wanted the relationship. Like you wanted the relationship things out of it, but you didn't want him, the only relationship. So without that clarity, it's like confusion comes because one minute he's thinking, okay, well, she wants this and maybe she want, you know, a little bit more. And then when he start trying to give it, then oh, I don't want that. No, I don't want to be with you. You know, this and that. And then when he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to step back. I'm, I, I ain't going to do this. And then here you come again. Well, it would be nice if you take me out and if you, you know, did this. But wait, 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 hold on. Didn't you just tell this man you didn't want to be with him? You know, so what makes you think he wants to spend that quality time like that if it's just uh, pretty much like a friends with benefits type thing? You know, he doesn't he doesn't want to get his, his heart into it, you know. And then, you know, when he talks about it uh, to you, it's like you don't you don't want to hear it because a lot of times we don't want to hear what we don't want to hear. You know, and and my grandmother always, my grandma always said this to to me. You know, there's people who who listen to respond, and then there's people who listen to hear what you have to say. And when you hear, when you want to respond, you're just looking for keywords, so you can pick up on those keywords and go, okay, now I'm on defense mode. Well, because of this was and that, and then this and this and that, you know, and it's like, but see, that that's not that's not even what what I said, but is that, but, but that's what you meant. No, that, that's not what I, what I meant. You know, you got to take people for what, for their words. You know, we always want to put in our minds and assume what they meant, you know, because it makes sense to us. That's what they meant and what they saying, because they're not doing what we want. And I think, you know, the thing with Gatsby getting under your skin is I, I know, I know you for a while and you're kind of a, a control freak. And that's because you're a teacher, okay? And you, and you like order, and you like things. <laughs> you, you you like things in a certain order, and and when it's chaotic, you can't take it. See, but you try to control the uncontrollable. Ooh, I try to control the uncontrollable. Okay. Woo! And, and what happened? Was, I don't like chaos. You are right. I don't like chaos. And, and, I don't. And, and what happened with that situation is, you find yourself very irritated under your skin, but then you found yourself very drawn to him because of. He's different. I can't control him. I can't control the outcome of what I want him to do. I can't push him in direction on how I want him to be. And that's what I think I need, but I'm scared of it. And I don't want it. So I got to push him away completely. And then he, you know, he be coming to me saying, oh, man, it's just shit crazy. You know what I'm saying? She, she out of her mind. And I go, you know, why, bro? Because she, she want all these these gifts and, and take her out to eat and she want all this other stuff. And then, you know, we be, you know, we laying there, we talking next minute. She like, um, but you know, I can't be with you. Right. You know, we can go out, we can do, you know, but everything about it was benefiting her, but nothing was benefiting him. 
So when he was standing you up, it was his way of saying, man, I want to do these things because in his mind, he wanted to do it. But as he thought about it, he's like, wait, hold on, that's, that's relationship goals. And you don't want to be in a relationship. Man, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know? So, okay, I want to go with that. So I have seen videos of men saying, I don't want to take this woman out. Why should I pay for her time? So my question to you is, you just said everything's benefiting her. If you go out, let's say, let's say the woman wasn't even there, but you want to go out to eat. You get that nice meal, right? The only thing you're paying for is her. But if you were going out anyway, you know what I'm saying? You would still have to pay for it and you still get the experience of the meal. But to me, okay, I go out alone all the time because I'm single. Mm -hmm. um, it's better when you go out with somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's better if you get the conversation, you get the laughs. You know, Gatsby and I had great times together on the few occasions that we went out. You know, we had great times together. Um, we go out more now, you know, but um, so you would get, it wouldn't just be benefiting her because you would get the time, you would get the interaction, you know, and 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 just to be kind of blunt, um, any other man who is taking a woman out, right, doesn't necessarily know if they're not dating or not in a relationship, whether he's going to get lucky at the end of the night. Gatsby already knew if he was taking Zen out, he was going to get lucky. So, so it's like, what, you know, why are you like, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to stand her up because it's all benefiting her. You going to go out. You're going to have fun with this person that you okay. enjoy time spending time with. You're going to get sex at the end of the night exactly how you like it. So what's the problem? Okay. Right. And, and, and I, I understand. Now, I understand that at a certain age, you're like, you want it to be more than just that moment of time. You want to be building memories and all of that. But on the other hand, so there's a part of me that understands that and has clarity about that. Mm -hmm. But there's another part of me that's like, if you didn't want it, then why didn't you just say, I don't want this and walk away? You know what I mean? Okay, you know, if, if Gatsby <laughs> is like, you know, so you got to tell me since you're the one talking to him, you're representing the man. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he just walk away? If, if it, rather than standing Zen up, why didn't he just walk away and say, look, I want to save these dates and this romance for the woman that I'm going to be in a relationship with. I'm going to walk away from this. Okay. So he stayed and then he stood her up. Okay. Well, let's put it like this. When when a man cares for a woman, you know what I'm saying, it's not just eat and when a woman cares for a man, mm -hmm. it's not in black and white, well, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna walk away because you know, hey, I I can do that when you got feelings involved. And in this situation, like I told you, logic and in in in, in, in emotions. Okay. okay? All right. With you, it's more like you're talking more of the emotional side. Well, if he was going out already, then you know. He can, you know, take me and he he's paying for me. Well, no man wants to pay for a woman's attention. I mean, come on, that's like you go you go get a you know, excuse me, a prostitute and pay for a prostitute for her attention. 
And she gonna give you 100% of her, her attention because she know at the end of the day, she getting paid. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to a man, you're right. If a man's taking you out, he's taking a chance on if you're going to accept him or not. So he takes you out on a date. He wines and dines you because he's taking a chance to see where it goes. But when a brother already know it ain't going nowhere, okay, he ain't going to be up to jump and say, let me spend all this money on you. And, 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 and I know, already know that we ain't going to be together. So that's just a, you know, a waste of money when you wanted this to be this way, you know? So the difference, if he was just out there being, you know, nonchalant about it and like, well, no, I ain't taking her out. You know what I'm saying? She still give me what I want. You know, why pay for the cow? You get the milk for free. You know, type thing. No, he he wanted the whole cow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, basically. And, but, you know, she didn't want him. So, okay, put like this. From from what you're telling me and what he tells me, y'all both on, on one accord. Okay. He was more of the, hey, you know, I think I can make this work. You was more on the, uh, no, nah, this ain't going nowhere, bro. Uh, don't even think about it. Don't even ask about it know your role, stay in your lane, you know, this is how it's going to be, you know? So he's like, after a while, when, when you keep telling the man, I don't want to be with you, after a while, he's going to listen, you know? He's not, at, at first, a man goes, uh, she don't mean that because, you know, we have fun, we laugh, and this and that. But when it keeps going on, we start going, hey, I think I need to listen because my mom always said, when somebody when somebody's telling you who they are, listen, you know? So you go, man, okay. So, you know, he got to a point where he was like, okay, if this is what you want, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go from script. And then suddenly, and suddenly, you know, well, I'm the one, my prerogative changed my mind. Okay. Well, that's true. You can, but when it comes to a contract between two people, you know, Mm -hmm. both of them got to be in agreement of, of changing the contract mm-hmm. and you can't get mad at one who don't want to change the contract simply because you're ready to change the contract, you know? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't ready to change the contract. He was giving you exactly what you asked for mm-hmm. and you didn't like it. And so by you not liking it, mm-hmm. he got under your skin. Okay. Okay. Cause you, you couldn't control that situation and you, no matter what you did, fussing and screaming and hollering and. Okay. I only screamed and hollered <laughs> one time, just one time, but, just but I, once. But I'm just saying, I, you know, just once. I, but I'm just saying. So don't make it seem like I scream and holler all the time. All just all once. I'm breaking up and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you know, and you know, when, when, okay. When you're an alpha male, not too many things is going to shake your beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's going to shake who you are. Okay. Because bottom line is, you could threaten a man where you ain't have no sex. A real man gonna be like, well, okay, you ain't getting it either, you know. And if you go out and you get it from somebody else, then hey, we're not together, you know. So we don't, we don't, you know, men like that don't necessarily move by what you're not gonna do or what you're going to do, you know. They look at this is what you asked for, this is what you wanted, and they make it easy on me. So there's no, no confusion. You know, it's clarity. I'm going to do this because I don't want to end up getting hurt thinking that this is going to lead somewhere else because you're pulling that person in and then pushing that person out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well, just to set the record straight for clarity purposes, mm-hmm. I was never mm-hmm. the one saying you ain't getting no sex. That was never no, coming no. out. My no, no, it wasn't about the that sex. That was never coming <laughs> but, out. But it wasn't about the sex part no. with, with him. <laughs> just, or, you know, just, just for clarity's like sake. He never said anything about the sex part. I got you. I got you. You know, you. he was just saying about one minute she's telling me, oh man, I, I think I can see myself with you and, you know, we can, you know, be together and this and that. And then as soon as he leave the house, there's a phone call. Yeah, I thought about it. And yeah, we can't be together. And, you know, I was talking to this guy and he wants to be with me. And so, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to go on a date. I think I'm just going to give it a chart with him and, and see where it goes. Now, no, no man wants to get out of a woman's bed and get in his car and he, and he ain't even out the neighborhood yet. And then he get a phone call like that. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, you, okay. you, you can't, you can't ask, you know what I'm saying, for diamonds and pearls when, you know what I'm saying, when. Diamonds you know, for, and no, pearls. I'm, no, I'm just saying, diamonds and pearls, you know what I'm saying, when. Never ask for diamonds and pearls. Yeah, no, but, no, no, okay. no, no, I'm saying you can't expect diamonds and pearls when you're asking for rocks. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. So Never he don't give you those, for diamonds so, and no, pearls. No, no, but I'm saying, but, okay. no, what okay. I'm saying is this. You wanted to go out on a date. Uh-huh. Right. You wanted more of the romance. Uh-huh. Okay. You wanted him to give you, you know, the flowers and, you know, the cards and, you know, buy you little nice things and things like that. All relationship shit, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But, you know, you wasn't offering a relationship. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cameraman, do you have any questions for uh, our our representative of Mr. Gatsby? <laughs> I think the greatest part of the book is that <clears throat> it can it can come off as fiction and nonfiction. And the reason why I say that is because the story between Gatsby and Zen is the story that we've seen in multiple sitcoms, which I which is what I think makes it just an excellent, excellent viewpoint. The only thing is we don't get Gatsby's viewpoint, but it's not important because Gatsby didn't write the book. So Gatsby and Zen. Since Zen wrote the book, Zen is the protagonist, right? Is there any way that you saw Gatsby as the protagonist and Zen as the antagonist? Well, it. I think there's things that he could have done differently. I think I think there were. Um, there were victims. And there were bad guys on both sides. Um, I think that he could have handled things much differently with her as far as being more open and honest. That's where the clarity comes in. He could have been like, hey, I can't give you this because I'm not getting this. He should have been more vocal. Um, so on that, you have to realize that if, if he would have been more vocal and told her what he needed and what he couldn't do, then I think her feelings wouldn't have got hurt and in that situation. Um, and then it goes vice versa. If there was her really being true to what she really wanted and, and stuck to that, instead of changing it around to where, you know, she pulled him in and then as soon as she pulled him in, you know, she got the the knife in her hand, you know, come in, ah, ah, you know what I'm saying? Start stabbing with the chest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's like hey i'm just calling how i see it okay, because like i said fine. i know both that's of fine. y'all and and, and, and this that's how fine. i see it I'm, it I'm, was 
I'm a big girl. Of, I can take it. It's one of them things to where, you know, in that situation, without without the clarity in that situation, nobody was really winning. Mm. You know, because you had you had all that love and nowhere to put it because there was no clarity where it belonged. You know, mm. so when you when you sit down and you talk, and sometimes you know separation is good because it gives you time to think and get that clarity of what okay, what did I go wrong? You know. Or, you know, and or where did she go wrong? Or, or why didn't I tell her this? Or why didn't I tell her that? And I think that's something that he he needed to work on, you know, for himself during those breaks where he would, you know, come and say, hey, you think I'm wrong about this? Or, you know, you think I can, uh, you know, change this? And, you know, he had to, you know, come to some realization on some things that, you know what, it's true. You know, I stayed. And since I stayed, I made that choice to stay. So what I probably need to do is treat her a little better. Why? Why I'm here because I decided to stay. There's no need for no need for you know me to stay, and then she and I'm treating her bad because I decided to stay. And I think that's something he had to come up, you know, with. And and when you got that clarity within yourself, because first you got to know what you want. You got clarity with your own self, and you got to know what you want. And if you don't know what you want for yourself, then there's there's no way you can know what you want with somebody else. There's no way you can you can understand that person or even know what what they can offer you if you don't know what you want to be offered to you. You know. Now I want to speak on that because, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you chime in if you have anything to say about that. In in writing this book, I got a lot of clarity. Um, I, I in chapter three when I introduced Gatsby, I said. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't explain. I can't explain this. I have no clarity. In writing the book, I got some clarity. And in writing the book, I also saw some of my flaws. And and even after the book was written, when Gatsby and I talked about the book, first off, Gatsby read the book in two days, uh, 24 hours. He, he'll say, <laughs> I read it in 24 hours, even though that was spread over two days. You know, I started at a certain time. At, at day one and then I finished 24 hours later so he said I read the book in 24 hours that's what he told me so oh, okay. man. so yes yeah, so I was so impressed this book this book this man read all right in 24 hours and then he came back and he said you told the truth you skipped over a few things you know you glossed over some of the stuff you did but you told <laughs> the truth and he said I'm sorry I didn't realize I hurt you as much as I did. I, I, I didn't like some of the things I saw. Um, I'm sorry. And he fessed up to a lot of things, but I had to fess up to a lot of things because Gatsby was so different from everybody I had ever been with. And every time we split <laughs> and I got a chance to experience some other men, I still was drawn back to him because we had this connection that just was irreplaceable. And also I grew, I grew because one thing about clarity, sometimes you got to know what you're not ready to handle. And to be honest, Zen was not ready to handle Gatsby when she met Gatsby. Zen was not ready. <laughs> and there's a scene where Gatsby's like, are you ready? You know, before the kiss. And I was like, Zen was like, yeah, I'm ready. What you talking about? Not ready. Not ready. Yeah, you know, and then even before the sex in chapter three, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What you talking about? Not ready. Not even ready. Not even close to ready. So I had to admit I was not ready. I was not ready emotionally. 
it was a roller coaster. We went out. I was not ready emotionally. I was not ready mentally. I was not ready physically. I was not ready in any sense of the word. He was so much more intense than any other man I had ever been with. Every other man was like easy to handle, like easy to handle. I could figure them out. I knew what to do. Gatsby was like, what it was like, it was like you're in high school and you're used to algebra and somebody gives you trig and you're like, I know this is supposed to be math, but I don't know what, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so, so it was, and you think I'm good in math. I'm, I know how to do algebra. I didn't done geometry. I didn't done all this stuff, you know, but you just don't even know what the formulas are. And you're like, okay, I don't even know what I don't know. I don't even know how to deal with this person. I don't know how to talk to this person. You know, so I will definitely admit that I had to grow. And I think clarity is also realizing, hey, sometimes you meet people and they make you grow. Sometimes you meet people and they challenge you. Sometimes you meet people and you're not ready. And I was not ready, you know, and it took me, and this is going to sound crazy, but it took me almost seven years of back and forth to get to the point where Gatsby and I can sit down and have a really great conversation and understand each other perfectly. And there's no, no bad blood, no nothing. We can just, we're good. You know? So I know you probably got a lot of stuff, stuff going in your head. What did you want to say? My cameraman over there. I think that from the very first time that Gatsby was introduced in the book for me as a listener, and as somebody who was recording the podcast with you and the book it, with you at the time, that it was clear that they were soulmates, right? My question to you as a guy who read the book, um, how do you think that Gatsby was able in Zen's lowest moments to always find his way back? Because there were times in the book where well, she's reading the book. I'm reading the book, and I'm just like, "Damn, where is this? Where is this man Gatsby at? Where is he? Is when will he make his entrance again?" And then, at the lowest points of her life in the book, he pops up. How do you, how do you explain that? That's a million dollar question. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I think you know. I think in life, there's sometimes that you you be in the right place at the right time when you're needed. You know, um, some people say it's coincidence, you know, some people say maybe it's fate, but well, all the things that was going on between them, you know, you're right. They find, always find themselves, you know, back together. And I, I think, you know, at that time, what it was, if, if, you know, I had to say it was that it was just the love that they had, you know, it was one of them when, when you love somebody unconditionally, you just love them for good and bad. You know, you you love them through thick and thin. You you make you make special understanding, you know, uh of things because of love. Like, okay, I well, I understand, you know, why that poppy person did that or this and that because of this. When you when you didn't love that person, you're like, man, I don't understand that crap. I'm out of here, you know? And so you tend to, you know, in in their situation it was just weird all the way around. I mean, you know, you know, she like, I don't want to be with you. And he, and he like, okay, fine. You don't have to be with me, but you know, I ain't giving this up, you know? And then it's, well, okay, well, I don't want to get that up either, but you ain't going to be together. And that back and forth was like, man, y'all are absolutely crazy. 
you know, I think y'all made for each other because y'all crazy, you know. But at her lowest moments, he found himself being there. Um, maybe it was a feeling he felt and he needed to reach out because it was a you know disturbance. I was saying disturbance in the force, you know. And then there's some times where, you know, she'll reach out and, and and he'll pick the phone up because I, I don't think there was really no animosity between them because of the love. I think it was just, it was a whole lot of clarity that they had to to go through with their separation to realize at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always going to, you're going to be my guy, you know, or you're going to be my woman at the end of the day because you're the one who understands me. You're the one who listens, you know, I could tell you everything and you don't judge me. Um, I could tell you all my dreams. You'll support me, you know, um, and you don't, you don't try to take anything from me. You always saying, Hey, be who you're going to be. And I, I accept it. So I think at the end of the day, you know, that's something that I keep, I always, you know, say that keeps them together is the, is the understanding of each other. Like you said, you got to know who you're with. And I think they pretty much know who they're with, you know, when it comes to each other. I think it just came time to admit who they were to each other. At, you know, at the time. So I think that's why he, you know, running in and out, you know, um, and she kicking him in and out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I said, it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You said it, which is true. It's true. Um, one thing I want to bring up and then I, I'm going to ask you if you have any other questions. I'm going to ask you if you have anything else to say. Fear is a thing that gets in the way of clarity. And Zen had a lot of fear when it came to Gatsby. Um, just fear of being hurt, fear of the impact and the influence he had over her. You know, Zen lost herself, you know, me being Zen. I lost myself in two relationships, in both my marriages. And I never was drawn to my husband's like I was drawn to Gatsby. I was never all like mind blown, you know, just all just in the altered state of mind. Okay. Never, mm -hmm. ever, ever. So, um, to have for, to have somebody in your life, I think that there has to be a certain level of confidence, a certain level of security, and also a level of trust. One thing that I had to do I had to begin to trust Gatsby that he wasn't going to abuse his influence over me. And once I got clarity over that, like, yes, this man knows he has a lot of influence over me, but he's not going to abuse it. And once we got clear about that, then I was able to be vulnerable. And, and I want to speak on that just for a minute because I'm a very strong woman. I'm an independent woman. Um, I have built three businesses. I've done a lot of stuff, you know, activist, podcaster, speaker, author, bestselling author twice. This book has been on the bestsellers list since February 9th, 180 something days. So I'm very strong, but Gatsby was a person who saw me at my absolute weakest, like crying, like no walls, no barriers. Like this man could devastate me. Like if he were to say something or do something, he could do that. Like I would not be able to recover and not for a while. I couldn't just bounce back like somebody else. Somebody else could say that. I'd be like, <laughs> Gatsby said, I'd, I'd be crawling on the floor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> crying like a baby, you know? So 
I think when you have clarity and, and you trust that person, you trust that this person knows, like, I have no defenses when it comes to him and he's not going to abuse that. He's not going to cut me down. He's not going to, he's not going to try to use it against me, manipulate me. You know, sometimes people are afraid of saying what their flaws are because they're afraid it's going to be thrown back in their face, you know? And when you have, when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I know who this person is and this person knows their impact. They know their influence. They know that I love them. They know that I've forgiven them for 50 million things, but they're not going to abuse that because they understand that first off, it's a privilege to be trusted like that and to be loved like that and be needed like that. So they're not going to abuse it, you know, and, and I had to get to that point of trust with him. Um, and that brought a whole lot of clarity to our interaction because I did stop pushing him away once we got to that level of trust, <laughs> you know, but before that I was scared of, of being that vulnerable with somebody, being that open with somebody, having somebody in my life that had that much influence over me, you know, and do you want to speak about any of that? Um, from, from what, you know, we, we discussed, he, he knew, you know, the influence he had over you, you know, but he just felt like it wasn't something that he, he didn't want to use. It was something that he, he wanted you to accept him for him without having to use any tricks or, or anything like that. You know, if you was going to come to him, it was going to be because you wanted to, not because he used something over you, knew exactly what you wanted to hear, what you needed or whatever. It was, uh, you know, the acceptance of of him, you know, and I think that's why he he doesn't want to use the the tactics that some men today use. Oh man, I know, I I got her right on my finger, bro. I can do whatever I want to. She gonna come back and she gonna say what you know. I'll, I'll do what I want her to do, you know, and then um, I can I can mess up as many times as I want to, and I can come back. I don't think he had that that mindset, you know. I think his mindset was. I care about this woman, you know, if, if love is real, sometimes you gotta let them go. If they come back, then it's meant to be type of attitude. Not that I'm going to use this man. I'm going to, man, watch this. I'm going to bring her in. I'm going to crush her. I'm just going to crush her spirit. I, I don't think he had that type of, of attitude. I think he just, he just loved you for, for you, you know? And I think that's the, the, the important part of, of that relationship is that the love was always there that allowed the healing and the, and the acceptance and the, because it was never, if you look at it from his point of view and your point of view, it wasn't out of being malicious towards each other. It was pretty much out of fear of each other. You know, you're afraid that he's going to hurt you. And if you get closer, he's afraid that, well, if I give in and she draws me in and all of a sudden she just kicks me and says she can't be with me. I think y'all two was just fighting against each other out of fear of, of emotions and feelings. So. Okay. Do you have anything left to say, Mr. Cameraman? My last question was, uh, in the book, it's very clear how Zen felt about Gatsby. What do you believe the Gatsby's first impression of Zen was? Oh. Um... Like, I, like I, well, I know that when he first met her, he was like, man, she's smart. You know, we can have conversations for hours. We can talk about A to Z, 
you know, it, and, it's, and it's effortlessly and it, and it just flows and it just, it moves, you know. And I think that's one of the things that he liked about it was just the conversations, you know. And if you really think about the dating world, there's really not a lot of conversation out there when you, when you're out there in the dating world. It's more of, okay, what do you bring to the table? You know, what can you do for me? You know, when, where are you going to take me? Where are we going? You know, is it going to be this and that? And there's really no, no deep, meaningful conversations that you can actually have with that person other than, so, hey, you like me? We're going to get together. So, you know, so what's up between you and me? You know, that's the whole conversation. There's nothing that you're going to really get to know that person. And I think that's something that his first impression was, oh, you know, she looks good. You know, she, she has great conversation. Um, you know, she can, you know, we can laugh and she has a sense of humor. You know, she's a little quirky, you know, and he's a little silly. So, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, you know. So I think his first impression of her was, you know, because from what I know, he wasn't even ready for a relationship at the time, but he was willing to go out there and see what was out there. And then when he met her, you know, um, he said, okay, cool. I can get to know this person. You know, it wasn't about jumping in a relationship. It's more of, you know, I can get to know her. And I was like, well, you know, go for it. Um, and then with her, it was more like, well, I like him, but, you know, all the things that he remind me of my, of my, you know, my husband, you know, the size and, and, you know, the trauma I went through with him and, and this and that. So I don't know if I can be with him. And so it was just a lot of misunderstanding between, you know, saying the, the two of them. Um, and I think that's why when you say, when you sit down and you have more of a conversation of clarity between what you want, what you're looking for, what you don't want and what you're not looking for at the very beginning while you're sitting there, you know, it gives that person a choice before feelings come into play. You know, you get a person a choice and say, well, you know what? Hey, I think you're a great person. Well, you know, we, at least we can be friends, you know, or you can say, you know what? I can work with that, you know, and Hey, there's no rush. We can actually, you know, see where it goes day by day. Let's take our time, you know, but if you don't have that option there on the table and obviously you get feelings involved, then it's much worse to, to tell somebody, you know, well, this is not what I want. And this is not what I, you know, because now it's awkward, you know, but in the beginning it's not awkward because that person could say, Hey, I'll take it or nay, I'm good. And there's no love lost. There's no, you can't get mad about it because you don't know each other. And I think that's when, his impression of her was, you know, oh, I can get to know this person because, of, you know, because they can have meaningful conversations. And that's just my impression of, of, you know, what he, you know, what he felt when he told me. So very, very last question. This is the last one. Okay. A lot of credence is given to the fact that soulmates have met before. Do Zen and Gatsby meet if there is no dating app, if there is no dating thing going on, if they're not on both dating apps, do they meet? some point in time i think i think zen and gatsby would have met i do i do because i just feel that you know there are people that you meet that um your life is forever different you you're not the same after you meet them it's like you can mark that meeting point and everything from that point shifts and, and I will say from my perspective that there were times when we would have conversations and even fights sometimes. 
And it would send me off in a direction that I probably would have never gone off in. And that direction led to me growing and changing. Um, and, and so, um, and even in writing this book, you know, today is the anniversary of Baba Fana's death. Um, my spiritual mentor, um, August 21st of 2021. So I started writing this book October 3rd, but when I was writing this book, you know, I had really three agendas. One was to honor the people that I'd lost. The second was to make sense <laughs> of all these dates that I went on and the whole journey. And the third was, it was a whole cycle of completion. What did I learn? But that second one of trying to make sense, Gatsby was like at the very center of that, like, how do I make sense of this man who has been in and out of my life for six plus years that I cannot seem to shake, move past? What in the world is this? And so I think that he's had such a huge impact on me. I think that we had to have met without the dating app, without, you know, I think we had to have met. In fact, in fact, um, I don't always listen to YouTube videos and stuff, but there was a YouTube video that I told Gatsby about and it literally said, you have this person in your life that's been in your life for a long time. You guys have had a very tumultuous relationship. And sometimes you wonder, sometimes you wish you'd never met them. And you think, you know, that, um, you think that if you hadn't been at this certain place, you would have never met them. And the, and the, the, the person on the video says, you were destined to meet them. Your souls are aligned <laughs> and you will always be called back to each other. You might as well just deal with it and figure out it, figure it out. Cause there is no you without this relationship. You and this person are bonded beyond this life, before this life, in this life. And I listened to that and I think I called Gatsby up and I said, you got to hear this mess that I just heard because uh, somebody's out there reading my mail. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> so, okay. What do you want to say about that? Would Gatsby and Zen have met if there was no online date now? What do you think? I think it was inevitable. I think, I think the dating app was just a tool to make it happen. Um, I think that, you know, there, there's, there's certain type of relationships that come like a few times in a lifetime, you know, opportunities that you meet somebody and y'all go through thick and thin and y'all have like lowers of lows and then you have the highs of highs. But at the end of the day, it didn't shake, you know what I'm saying? Your, your love, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that was funny because we were talking about, uh, you know, saying, I, you know, I, I I love you, but I don't like you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, uh, that, 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 it sounded weird at first, but I was thinking like, okay, that makes sense because you can love somebody separately from, you know, because you love that person. But if you don't like that person, then you don't like who they are as a person. You don't like what they do. You don't like their attitude. You don't like their, their personality, you know? then you really don't have anything to build on because you don't like that person for who they are. You know, a lot of times in, in, in relationships, you know, you pick and choose your battles. You know, you're like, well, okay, can I deal with that? Or no, 
should I say something about that or should I just leave that alone? You know, and so you 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 get your boundaries of what you can do and what you can't. And certain relationships, and then you you still like that person. Well, okay, I, I still like you. You mean you got on my nerves? I still like you though, you know. But when you you when somebody constantly doing things that you don't like, and it's just your your two personalities clash, and I don't like you, then now you're just going through the motions. It's not even a relationship; it's emotions. And I think between you and Gatsby, it was always the love there. And you two like being with each other. You like being around each other. You draw off of each other energy. And y'all conversations were, were, you know, healing and soothing. So, you know, it wasn't the fact that, oh, I don't like him. Or, you know, you did say he got on my nerves. You know, and and, and what, what did you say to me one time about him? You said, why won't he just do what I want him to do? And I was like, because it don't work like that. You, you know, you can't just expect somebody to do what you want them to do. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work like that. You know, this man has a whole mind of his own. You know, he ain't going to agree with what you want. You know, especially if you, you put out the way that, you know, you was. And she don't want to ever want to listen to that. You know, she don't, don't want to hear that. No, 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 no. Said, no, no, no. At first. Okay, at first. Okay. Okay, at first. I told the audience I had to grow. I okay. told the audience I was not ready. I told the audience I'm fessing up. Okay, everybody out there in TikTok and Facebook land who says women don't ever say when they're wrong. Okay, here is me on camera saying oh, I was wrong about what? some things. I was. I was right about a whole lot, but I was wrong about some things. I was. <laughs> hey, you know. It's a big person to say that. I tell you that much, you know. But I, I think you know the two of of, of y'all. Like I say, y'all, y'all, y'all got to read the book. You got to read the book. If you think lie. that this conversation is spicy, you got some questions. It, Woo! I, okay, a, let me just say the sex between Gatsby and Zen is legendary. It's the stuff of legends. It's just off the chain. Okay, so there you go. Cool to that. you too. But anyway, like I was saying. <laughs> You know, it it it's it, it, the book is a is an excellent read because it's not just a um, you know guys say chick flicks you know oh, it's a chick flick book you know it's, it's a woman about bashing men and 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 things like that. It's not even about that. It's about your experience in dating and what you had to go through with with the dating scene. And it's one of them things to where I, I cracked up on some some of those things. I was just laughing like. Dudes really do that? I mean, dudes really, man, really? And then we talked about it, and I said, well, man, yeah, there's some women out there like that, too. So I, I get it. Um, but it, it's it's a real eye-opener. And, and if men really wanted to to read it and, and get a perspe- you know, the perspective of a woman and, and understand what they go through out here and what they can do differently to to meet that one for them, then this would be pretty, pretty much be a good read for them to understand what, you know, women face you know, on an everyday basis and somehow they need to step their game up because everything that works for one woman ain't going to work for another. You know, like some women, you can go, hey, baby, come here. Hey, 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 come here. And she'll stop and give you attention. But then you got another woman, go, hey, hey, hey. And she'll just keep walking because she respects herself more than to, to, to sit and stop for a fool that's talking about some hey, hey, hey. You know, so with this book right here, I would say it, it's, I, I was, I, hey, I, you know, I read the book and I was like, hey, it's hard to put it down. You know, I was like, this is, this is some good stuff. And and it's funny. 
Because some things you would think like, man, like that couldn't happen. Yes. That just could not happen. And you start laughing because if, if you know Zen, you know it happened. So you laugh because it's like, dang, that is just straight crazy, man. That is straight. That is crazy. So um, so can you tell the people, is this book the truth? Like, did this stuff really happen? I, I, look, I'm going to tell you like this. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes, it did. And and the funny thing is, people say, well, you got you to be there to believe it. I was there, so I'm telling you, it's it's real. This, this book is true. When you, when you, when you read it, you, you're going to have a love or hate when it comes, you know, to this book. But you will definitely have a good read that's going to make you understand, you know, the the dating scene and and what's out there. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. I don't know if my cameraman has anything else to say before we wrap up, um, but we had a great talk and. Uh, I think we had a lot of discussion about clarity and sometimes clarity requires you to face your fears, be specific, um, just grow, grow and, and have great communication. And I want to thank you guys for that. And may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Zenashea, a newly divorced 43-year-old Southern woman, wanted a fresh start. She'd heard there were plenty of fish to choose from in the modern dating pond. What she discovered were plenty of guppies, exactly 101 of them. The result? A provocative, transparent, raw, and delightfully uncensored account of her experiences with the 101 men she encountered on her journey to find the one. In Plenty of Guppies, Zen spills all the tea on dating psychology, relationships, and self-discovery while giving readers a rare glimpse into the life of an award-winning artist and best-selling author. The book is an enlightening narrative that explores gender roles and identity outside of societal expectations. Zen has written a refreshingly mature modern-day epic of online dating, layering her personal story with erotic poetic verses and passionate prose that frame her journey toward rebuilding a life as a single woman and adjusting to both an empty nest and boomeranging children. Thank you.